Hi friends, Samuel here. I just had a couple of quick announcements before we started the episode, so I'll get right to it. Um, first, I wanted to say, please check out our Patreon. We just launched it. It has a bunch of stuff on it. Um, we also have different tiers where you can uh, get access to different things, help us decide where to take the podcast. So um, all of this goes to help support us so we can make this a bigger project, expand kind of our roots. So if that's something you can do, please go to patreon.com backslash community roots pod and there you can check it out. And one of the things you can do is actually reserve a little space on the show to put out a message. First, I wanted to thank JHR Counseling and Consultation, our very own Julie H. Richards, uh, who hosts this show. Mom has a lovely practice in Worthington. She covers a ton of things, including ADHD, which we talk about today, but some other things like depression, grief and loss. She does uh, child therapy. She does adult therapy, couples counseling. So if you are looking for a counselor, definitely head on over to jhrcounseling.com and you can see everything that has to do with my mom's practice. I also wanted to uh, give out a shout out to Constance Goodell Newton, who is a real estate agent and an attorney who does real estate law. She helps people in the Franklin County area. So if you're looking to buy or sell a house, or if you have any legal things connected to that, go ahead and go to fgnlegal.com um, for her legal side, or just go to Red One Realty and uh, Constance Goodell Newton will be there. So thanks so much to JHR Counseling and uh, Constance Goodell Newton for donating to our Patreon. If this is something that interests you, if you want to put in a little ad, or if you just want to tell someone you love them, Go ahead and go to our Patreon, and we'll throw you in once a month. I am really excited for this episode, so I hope you all enjoy it. Thanks so much for joining us, and I will talk to you again soon. minutes in on our recording we yeah. already did keep this material keep the yeah. zoom mm-hmm. I'll, I'll re-listen to it later i guess <laughs> for your own entertainment yeah you're gonna love yeah. watching yourself clean your living room oh great <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun the first time <laughs> oh, dear. maybe maybe i'll be able to see my face like my face of just like what is that uh okay well i'll start off Hi, neighbors. Welcome to Community Roots, a place where we gather in community to talk about mental health so we can travel the journey of life together. I'm Samuel Richards. I'm Julie Richards. And this week, we are off the beaten path with Kristen Hewitt. Thanks for coming back on, Kristen. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, and we've already had a crazy first hour, it seems. (laughs) At least, yeah. It's like every time we sit down to record these episodes, it's impossible to actually uh, start them on time. Something always happens. There's the pre-show but... and then there's the actual episode. I so. I love it. This is seriously extra content and people should definitely check it out online. That was that was an, a super fun, amazing first hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my uh, maybe we'll be uh, in even more popular show with our outtakes. Mm-hmm. All the different That's times right. That... <laughs> Because mm-hmm. we also have that other story that we tell often with uh, where we were recording in a place that didn't have air conditioning in the middle of July. Classic. That so, was the classic. We were just dying of heat trying to maintain a conversation that. going. Yeah, if only we had Zoom then. Um, yeah. You guys are very entertaining. You should... <laughs> You definitely need to use this to it's your advantage. It's all by accident. You both are funny. You need to roll with it. Yes. Yes. We have a good time. Well, anyway, this week we're going to be uh, talking about ADHD. I um, dropped 
Kristen's earlier episode. She came on our first season to talk with us. She flew from Oregon. That was so awesome. And now, of course, with COVID-19, it's no problem. We're uh, dealing with it. So, um, yeah, I even in talking with you before, I'm so excited for this conversation um, just because it's so applicable to me. And I know a lot of people within our generation who have been um, given that tag of ADHD. So do you want to maybe give us a quick rundown, like a quick, uh, like what's the verbiage you use around ADHD that's more positive and friendly? And uh, that maybe we can dig a little bit deeper into what that means um, and how it's impacted COVID with COVID-19 and stuff. Uh, yeah, I'll do a, a pretty quick um, intro. Um, so um, I, I don't believe that I have a deficit in attention. I think that I have a very big download um, and I'm, my brain is paying attention to a lot of details and my five senses are pulling in a ton and ton of information from my environment. Um, and so the problem is not a deficit issue. The problem is a management issue. If you do not know how to manage that download, um, life is going to be tough. Um, so I, you know, I think it's important to use the term ADHD, um, but I, I really just like to talk about it in terms of management um, or circular thinking um, because it's it's it addresses the problem. It's kind of just straightforward. It's simple, um, and it's not um, negative or or pathologizing myself or my identity in any way. And for those that maybe didn't catch it last time, can you just review for us real quick circular thinking? Um, yeah. So when your when your brain is downloading so many details from your environment, um, it can kind of be described as different things like a spider web or like a bingo ball machine where things are just coming in and bouncing around. And that's a lot of energy. It's a lot of thoughts. It's a lot of ideas. And, um, and so it can feel very circular in nature. And, and so that's kind of where the term like circular thinking comes from. Um, and, you know, talking about this stuff as much as I do, it just kind of gets cut down to circle um, a lot of times just as a shorthand. Yeah, sometimes the way that it's been described to me with circular thinking too is um, like starting with C, starting with like if A plus B equals C and just starting with C, like they're like, this is what I want to achieve right here. And it doesn't matter how we get there, but you know, uh, and so often like if I'm talking to somebody with ADHD and I have ADHD, sometimes you can tell like we're just so excited to talk that you just like, start talking but you start with your most recent thought which is actually the conclusion rather than like the intro at all so uh often that's where it kind of sounds a little bit scattered but i love that kind of mindset i just wanted to reaffirm that kind of mindset of adhd not being something of an attention deficit but rather about stimuli and about reacting to stimuli and um just getting a massive download and um, sometimes what it's been described to, I think is a good description, is like somebody sitting next to you at a coffee shop where it's relatively quiet and the person next to you is just like munching on chips and that's like all you can hear. And then so for somebody who has that much stimuli, it's like every single uh, stimuli, like the lights are strange and you can tell like one bulb is a different shade than the other bulbs. Like there's all sorts of things that kind of play into kind of summed up to the person next to you munching chips where you're just like, look, can you just chew with your mouth closed? <laughs> but just with every single sense of the carpet or the chair is too rough and you're trying Lots to have Lots of sensory input. Can, can right. you just not chew? Mm -hmm. Like right. you are in my space. Like, um, no, I think that um, that's a, I really like your A plus B equals C, that whole thing you said, and and like the environment and downloading all of these pieces of, of sensory stuff, you really have to know what to do with all of that. And, and I think um, the other part too, as a designer, um, I'm taught how to um, notice those kinds of details and, and I, and design them on purpose. And so like, like the light bulbs being different colors, like 
probably almost everyone with ADHD needs to know what Kelvin temperature, like your lights are. Um, like, like you want probably 3,500, maybe 4,000 in your house. Um, but I have a friend um, before he, I had ever even met him, he had, he knew he was sensitive to light and he did all the research on lights. He has super special light bulbs all over his house and has gone to great lengths to like manage that in his space. Because if, if you think about like, so if you're, you're chilling at a coffee shop or you're chilling at your house and this light, if it's for some reason keeps bugging you, it's not going to stop bugging you and it's going to agitate you over and over and over again. And so you need to clear that away from your bandwidth. If you're going to be able to focus on the, the important things that you want to focus on. And so like change the light bulb, like move away from this person who's chewing, or maybe they need to go in the chewing section or whatever, but um, <laughs> can we make those up? Have some signs to designate. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, so it's like super important to, to kind of like start being aware of the things that kind of agitate you, of the things that you can't really push out of your mind and then, and then remove them or fix them. Um, you know, that, that strategy is, you know, kind of simple and straightforward. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier about problem solving, like not just identifying the problem as this is driving me crazy, but okay, now what do I do to address that so that it doesn't keep, you know, increasing mm -hmm. from there. Mm -hmm. And anything little like that, like a light bulb or a noise, anything you can remove, anything simple, especially if you can do it yourself and you don't have to burden someone else with that, like do it. Get it out of the, mm -hmm. get it out of the mental space. Mm -hmm. So when we are in our, we call it a window of tolerance or a range of resiliency, that that is where we are able to be most present and focused and uh, able to hear and listen and connect and relate and repair if we need to in relationships. Um, we are not in a state of overwhelm. If our window is very narrow, then we can be either hyper aroused or hypo aroused. And the other thought I had with what you were just saying, Samuel, is in a way, if we're outside our window, that is when we start to dissociate, which we talked about with Jamie Marich, about uh, we just kind of get sidetracked and we can zone. That's where we get into the, let me just scroll through these messages or social media or something because I'm kind of checked out at that moment. I'm not being present anymore. And so the more that we're able to be aware of when we're mindful and when we're present, that keeps us more often regulated and in that window of tolerance that you're describing. Um, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, um, no, I think it's super, super important to have that awareness. Um, and for me, I have to have that awareness every minute of every day, basically. Um, another word that I love to throw around in that, um, in that kind of neighborhood is homeostasis um, and constantly balancing that. Um, and so if the download is really big all of a sudden, I'm going to need to be able to, to uh, kind of counteract that with exercise or food or whatever, a nap or relaxation or meditation. Um, and, and like, so, you know, becoming really sensitive to, and becoming very aware of, um, that window of tolerance and where you're kind of at with your homeostasis is key. And then, and over time with practice, you're going to get really good at responding to that. And you're going to get really quick at responding to that. And you're going to be able to, I mean, you're going to still always be moving in and out of this window of tolerance, um, but you're going to be able to get back to center um, pretty quickly. And um, I've spent a lot of time in quarantine, um, really fine tuning, being able to do that. And I think the hard thing for people is that they get into such a state of overload that finding that balance in the first place is difficult. How do you figure out what that is when it feels like constant downloading, constant stimulation, and it's just too much to where you kind of do shut down, dissociate, not get in, you can't get your footing almost. So what kinds of thoughts or reflections do you have about that constant overload if you can't figure out what your footing is? Where's the starting point for that? Yeah, I mean, so um, it's, especially if you're super new to this and, and this all is like 
you know, you're hearing some of this for the first time and, or, you know, you're, you've started to kind of let things trickle in. Um, but it's, it's really about going back to simplicity. Like you cannot build complexity in your life until you have simplicity. And so, you know, six years ago, seven years ago, I just stopped. I, I guess maybe I had my own pre-quarantine, but I, I just, I stopped doing all the clubs. I stopped doing all the extra stuff and I just simplified my life and I got all of the extraneous superfluous stuff out and just really started to like, you know, go back to the basics and then just over years built up, um, built up on top of that. Kind of like finding your one thing. Like, okay, here's my, if I'm going to have a strong focus, where do I want to put that energy into this one thing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so it was really just about survival. Like going back to the basics, I guess is another way to say, just like, let me get my food routine, my, my hygiene routine, my, you know, like I have to pay my bills. I got to go to work. I have to take care of my responsibilities. So I'm going to go back to the basics and I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to focus on just having this kind of straightforward logistical life and and not that I didn't have fun or like do some you know good take a vacation or whatever right but I'm going to pretty much just kind of like keep it really simple and then when I kind of got that stuff down and those routines implemented then I started to figure out like what is this thing that I'm going to put my energy towards what is the thing that I'm going to select to use everything that I have in my heart and soul uh, uh, to to pursue with my life, um, you know, what am I intrinsically motivated to do? Because like Samuel said an hour ago, like we we don't do what we don't, like we're not gonna do what we don't wanna do. Am I, say, am I saying that? <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, like we're gonna do what we wanna do and that's it. And um, And so like really figuring out what our passion is and what we're intrinsically motivated to do and how we want to change the world. Um, like after you get those survival things kind of figured out, after you get your routines in place, that's the next um, most important thing uh, to think about. I also really think with ADHD, often the rhetoric is around like, you won't sit down, you won't shut up, you're distracted, you know, there's a lot of things, ditzy, you know, Colum there's all, there's a whole list of things that are associated with ADHD. Um, but uh, what I wanted to say is one of the cool things about somebody that we both know, Kristen, is Rob Eldridge and how uh, what he talks about a lot is switching the, those negatives into positives and kind of some things that we may look at as detriments as actually tools. And one of the things that I think is really helpful is kind of like our imagination. Like we've said earlier, people with ADHD are dreamers, you know? and um, visionaries and sometimes we get too caught up in that but sometimes that can be helpful like uh what i wanted to say was my first easy goal for myself was making myself an egg sandwich every morning um like i just wasn't eating before noon and it was really bad for my physical health which definitely played into my mental health and so rob actually said you know how can you like imagine you're a knight and you're going off to go fight a big dragon, your dragon being your big problem, your big thing that you want to do accomplish. And you get up to the dragon and you just like sit there and you just wait for it to take you over because you're not prepared. You're not equipped. And all you have to do is like start moving and draw your sword is what he said. And for me, drawing my sword was an egg sandwich every morning before noon so that I could have the nutrition uh, to fight on the day and eventually like Kristen says that builds on itself to where suddenly once you're having enough uh, nutrition once you can get yourself within that window of tolerance and regulated then uh, can you really like face your big problems all those dreams that you actually want to accomplish uh, you have to get there kind of the small step way that was so well said Samuel go ahead Julie I'm just wondering about the people who have verbalized to me that they can't prioritize to know, like, I think it's really helpful to clarify that it, you need the basics of how am I eating? How am I sleeping? Um, because those are foundational to our health, um, both physical and mental health. But then when it comes to the overstimulation or piles, I'll, I'll, I'll group it as a, 
it's almost a metaphor too for like there's it could be your inbox that is overflowing it could be your paper stacks on the counter it can be what do I do if it's out of sight, out of mind, so I have to keep it all in sight or I'll lose something, but there's so much in sight that I can't see it either. So like, how do you help someone whose mind is kind of so flooded with, I don't even know where to start because I don't want to lose anything? Um, well, I mean, the unfortunate part about being a human is that we are finite physical creatures and we cannot do it all at once. And that's extremely, extremely difficult for um, folks with ADHD to uh, like accept. And I, I deal with that still every single day. Like I am limited by this physical body that I'm in and my brain is so much faster than my physical body. Um, and so um, you have to start with the the one thing that's giving you kind of just the most trouble or like the, the, you know, like if you aren't eating, like that is your baseline. Like you have to do that first. If you're going to slay your dragons and Samuel, that story was awesome. That was like awesome example. <laughs> Rob told it to me. Um, was Rob. Yeah. Like I love that Rob's story, like, if, you, you know, rippled into this podcast. Um, but if you're going to slay that dragon, you got to eat that egg sandwich. And in fact, I ate an egg sandwich this morning. Um, <laughs> you're ready. It was the only thing I could manage to, to, to eat. Cause I was just, I was thinking about all of this. I was putting together my notes and stuff. And, um, and so, uh, you know, I probably will eat a really big dinner, but all I could do this morning was an egg sandwich. But, um, but yeah, so like you can't build all of your routines overnight. You cannot, tackle everything at once. And so if for one month, if you got to do a new routine and you just focus on eating, if that's all you do, like you are laying groundwork. That is some solid, solid concrete to start building everything else on top of. And if you don't do that first, you're never going to get to level two or level three or level four. Um, and I'm telling you it is worth it. <laughs> so like just back on up and, and like slow down and just start, start there with with the basics. Um, and Samuel, I will say too, like what you were talking about um, with um, so much of the time people focus on the negative components. Um, and so of like being ditzy or forgetful and, and, you know, I think that kind of what happened was industrial revolution comes along. We all need to fit into these boxes and we didn't fit in these boxes very well. And instead of understanding what was really going on with us at the root, understanding how sensitive we were to downloading details from our environment, um, people just recognized that we weren't working very well in the world. And so they pointed that out to us. And we collectively, we have been oppressed in this way and, and we have rejection dysphoria. And, and so like, if we want to counteract that, if we wanna stop that cycle, then it's just the opposite. We have to focus on what are our strengths? Um, you know, what, uh, what can we do well? And even if you feel like, you know, that there, you don't have, you know, you don't know what that is, or you haven't felt that for a long time, I guarantee you, there's one thing you're good at. And I feel very confident I could probably find more than one thing, but there is something that you're good at. And if, if you insist that there's not, then choose to be kind to yourself and choose to be kind to others. Like start there. Um, like it, it's, but we have to start with positivity also. And, and honestly, you know, I take back what I said a second ago, like even before food, like my number one rule when I started this six, seven years ago was I'm going to be kind to myself. This isn't going to happen overnight. Like kindness is where it starts. Um, and like, I don't know. Yeah. I guess it's just kind of, and I think, too, what you mentioned a moment ago about understanding our humanity and our limits, that we, for as much as we want to do it all and everything might have um, interest, you know, something spurs on our interest by different things we want to read or do trainings or activities or things we want to be a part of, we just don't have the capacity to hold it all, you know? And so sometimes it's just having, I think, the awareness of, I am human. I can't do it all. 
And, and then we have to deal with some of the emotional side. You know, I'm always thinking too, from a mental health standpoint, all these emotions that get, that get stirred up because then there's some grief or some loss that I might be missing out on some things, or I might not be able to keep all those plates spinning. I'm going to have to just do what I am able to do, start where I am able to start. And sometimes if you don't know where to start at all, just starting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause we can, yeah. we can be so like paralyzed by not starting anything. Cause we don't know where to start. Just start any, mm-hmm. anywhere you start gets you moving forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I love that you brought up FOMO. Like I love that you brought up FOMO and for folks that are on Instagram, uh, perhaps uh, fear of missing out um, because we were not taught these skills in from from the start, from you know five years old, six years old, whatever. Because we were not taught these skills from the start, there's gonna there's got to be that period of backing up, slowing down, and simplifying. But I promise you, like I have done this journey myself, painstakingly every single step. But if you lay that groundwork and you kind of just let some things go for a little while, you can build all that stuff back into your life. Um, but you've got to simplify first. I was going to say part of that journey is getting to know your relationship with yourself so that you can listen to your gut and and have some sense of intuition over what is most needed in this moment and just kind of slowing it down a little bit to because there is so much um, stimulation coming in from all these directions, um, so much overload on our sensory processing to just kind of slow it all down to this moment, this is what my body is needing from me to do. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's super well said. So this sort of thing happens to me all the time. Um, like eight or 10 thoughts or details will, you know, hit my brain all at once. And I only have one mouth. I have to choose which one of those eight or 10 things that I want to say first. And sometimes it's very hard to, you know, we're doing this in split seconds to decide which thing comes first. Um, and so um, sometimes, you know, it helps if somebody else jumps in and talks, or you just have a moment of, of quiet or, or whatever the case might be. But again, that goes back to managing and like that does get easier over time as you learn how to manage. What do I do with eight thoughts at once? I don't know what to do. Right. But, but it can, it can be something that gets managed. Yeah. What I wanted to say was that just kind of in terms of motivation, that there's no greater feeling than having a list at the beginning of the day and then at the end of the day, the list is checked off. You know, being able to actually influence the world around you and being able to finish projects, being able to like learn and go deeper in things is in- invaluable and like an experience that can't be matched. So I know it's difficult sometimes with ADHD to be able to focus on a single project and to be able to even like look at a daunting project like this and just be like, how am I going to get from A to Z? So in such a way, but um, it's worth just dipping your toe in and taking that little step. Um, One of the greatest things I think that anybody can do once they find out that they're neurologically different is to learn more about what it is, like what, what is going on. And with ADHD, that's invaluable. And I also think, too, there are such good communities out there. Like, I know the Reddit ADHD community is really awesome in terms of empowering people, in terms of informing people. And there are great communities out there that uh, can teach you about, and also your kids, too. Like, I think that's as well. Whenever you're a parent dealing with a neurologically different child, you also, in a way, have to deal with it. <laughs> but um Joining those communities is good. One of the thoughts I wanted to leave on with this is one of the first things you'll learn with ADHD is how interconnected it is with anxiety and depression. And so for that reason, being nice to yourself, being kind to yourself and understanding you're probably going to be harsher on yourself than what is necessary. And you're going to have to be consciously a fan of yourself and look for those uh, positives. Um, But learning about that, I I just wanted to kind of echo what Kristen said, like being kind to yourself is so important. And, uh, but just in general, learning about that sort of education and diving deeper into why 
what makes you neurologically different and what makes you tick is so uh, such a worthwhile endeavor. I had a thought about your to-do list too. Um, a couple things come to mind for me that might be a tip for somebody. Um, one is calling your to-do list today's draft, um, meaning that it can be edited and adjusted and it's not just set in stone from the beginning. Um, I use uh, the free version of Nosby. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but um, it has different projects and things. So you can decide like my today's draft is this, but I can move something over to a different groupings to say, I can't do it today. And I, I don't use it constantly, but when I've used it, it's been helpful to kind of see um, how to structure my day a little bit when I've got a lot of things going on. And sometimes it can be helpful <laughs> If you don't have the, here's the flip side of the to-do list is to reflect on what you've done or adding small things to the list that you can have a sense of accomplishment for that, you know, I got this small task done that maybe didn't even need to be put on a list, but just seeing, I really did have a lot of things that I, that I accomplished. If that's sometimes helpful to look back on the list of what was done and realizing there's, there's something there. I think another thing, too, that just to play into that imagination thing that ADHD people do really well in terms of being able to uh, what I was thinking of is if you have a kid, like being able to put the name of the to do list being something more about like steps to become a superhero, clean your room, you know, <laughs> ways that you can use your imagination just to uh, kind of boost your um your excitement about it or even to putting your goal at the top of the page just to be like maybe my to-do list so I can watch a movie tonight and so then your goal is front and center like I think that there's so what's cool about ADHD is that we could probably sit here for hours and tell you all the cool ways that you can change your life you know uh, but I think at the end of the day like it it comes from kind of learning about yourself I also think uh mindfulness is so key just being able to listen to your body is is just to figure out what is working for me how is that how is that working so and that without judgment piece right too um i like that you brought up um to-do lists i um recently researched like 20 different ones online and um what i have found talking to a lot of folks um, with this brain type is that we um, we love to give each other um, logistical advice um, and and so I realized recently like the advice is go down that rabbit hole go research all the to-do apps and and like figure out which one works for you I really like Asana and I really like monday.com and I use those too um, but we all have like little quirks and little things that are different and so we're gonna like, find uh the the one we like because and i like moving things around like and having hierarchy and sub lists i need like all of those features um but um but yeah like just try one and and see if it works or doesn't work for you there's an app there's an app that uh you're an rpg game like it's a game where you create a character you fight monsters and every time you do something on your list you get experience or gold so i love that like I, so I have a running app that I use while I run to, to uh, monitor how many miles I do. And every five minutes, this woman in some amazing accent, I'm not sure what it is, says, oh, you now I get to eat another croissant. And like, I'm like, <laughs> yes, I did a good job and I get to eat a croissant. Like there's so many cool apps that are just so about positivity and just will like add a little sparkle and magic to your life. Um, and so I really recommend one of those. Um, but also, too, with the, the great feature about to-do apps is that we tend to think we can do way more in one day than we can actually do. And so one of the things that I started to do is I made a whole list, completely unrealistic of, of amount of things to do in one day. And then I started just paying attention to how many times I had to move things to the next day. And so because I paid attention to that pattern over time, I started to become realistic with what I could actually do in one day. Um, and so just a little piece of awareness to like kind of, uh, I don't know, um, 
perfect or make that um, those decisions day to day uh, a little bit better? All of us are right now in quarantine. And I know, honestly, a lot of us are really overwhelmed because we're not in quarantine. And so I was wondering kind of what is your what has been your experience within uh, like life right now? And how have you adapted being a neurologically different person? Oh, my goodness. Quarantine has been a trip. Like we have I have a number of roommates and we have adventures every day and we have aunts and I, you know, just chaoticness and kids and somehow there's like half of a container of blueberries on the floor like every other day um so it's just been it's been very overwhelming um i think that it, it so at certain times in my life i feel i could be so kind of overwhelmed or underwhelmed and neither one of those is good um kind of is out you know homeostasis is out of balance for me in quarantine i have been pretty overwhelmed um all of the downtime and just the quietness um, and the time to think has really, um, all of the work that I've done over the past six years kind of started to coalesce in a way that I wasn't really anticipating. And um, it just was, I don't know, I, I, have, I, I was spending time refining my routine, you know, eating, um, and, and doing all these kind of best back to the basics things to kind of continue to make my life um, streamlined so that I could use all of my free time for the things that I'm passionate about. And, um, for some reason that really just kind of all came together in a way. And the best way I know how to describe it is, you know, growing up in the education system, I was a fish and I was being asked to climb a tree and I felt stupid all of the time. And, um, it just had finally kind of gotten to a point where I had walked through the forest. I had gone through the desert, right? I had, I'm eating my egg sandwich. I, you know, putting my routines in place. I'm, you know, taking care of my responsibilities, paying my bills. I've done all of these things. And I finally got to the beach. And as a fish, I took my first swim in the ocean. And it was, it was wild. It was a very wild experience. Um, so it was very overwhelming and just having a lot of ideas and my intuition and just the alignment with myself kind of clicked into place. And, um, and so just being overwhelmed you know, I've had to kind of adjust to that. And again, it's another level of going back to the basics. It's making sure I'm focused on food, making sure that I'm focused on um, sleeping and, and all of those things, those foundational components to life, those things have to be maintained or else I cannot work on my passions. And so that's just, that's my constant motivation for um, keeping those things central, central focus every day, because I have so many ideas, you know, and all I want to do is just work on them. But like I have to eat and sleep and do all these, you know, pay my bills first. Ask me about cursorial nature. Let's like poke into that a little bit. I want to start with how do you spell it? Um, <laughs> like what are we even saying? My mind is going, I don't have a clue. Uh cursorial. Okay, I think, <laughs> I think uh C-U-R-S-O-R-I-A-L. But it, it, it's just a fancy word for being rabble rousers and being people who, you know, are, are social justice warriors and stuff. Um, and maybe I'll change that word because I don't know, I'm not always a fan of fancy words. But um, so, Samuel, you, earlier you said you were talking about like when you get a diagnosis, it's super important to do research and to um, like really look into this stuff. And one thing I just want to add to that um, because it's that's so important and that is crucial um, crucial advice uh, but to, to really try to be aware of the paradigm that you have when you start to filter through there's so much advice online and it's not all good and so really really make sure that when you're filtering stuff does this article have a, a positive perspective of your brain or does this article have a negative perspective of your brain does this article tell you that you can never achieve more than what you are? Or does this article tell you that like, you know, there's ways for you to, to unlock the massive amount of potential that you have. And so just, that's another, so during that process, just always be thinking about, is this article helping me manage? Is this strategy, is this routine helping me manage the amount of details that I'm sensitive to, or is it not? 
And so that's just like a really good way to filter through that information. Um, and I wanted to just to kind of give an example um, of what it means to, to be so sensitive to so much detail in the world. Um, because I realized like, I wasn't actually slowing down and thinking about what that meant. And so um, like one example I really like is like, so the spectrum of being sensitive to stimuli is just this huge, big, long spectrum and everyone's on it. Um, you cannot survive in the world if you aren't able to use your five senses, but how sensitive your brain is to that, how big your download is, uh, is different from person to person. And the three of us are gonna be different. Um, and so one way that I kind of like to put it in pictures is every person who encounters a tree seems, sees a different thing. And so some people are just seeing green leaves and a brown trunk. And some people are seeing, you know, the, the veins on the leaves and the details on the trunk and the fact that it has a million leaves and maybe their brain is even fast enough to count them all. I don't know. Um, and some people then start to see all the bugs and all the, the environment and the, the nature living on the tree. And I'm sure there's a fancy word for that, but um, that's not my, that's not my uh, passion. So I don't know. But, um, but the, the amount of detail that we're all seeing when we look at the same object or when we have the same experience is different. Um, and so like another way that Rob likes to put it is intensity, frequency, duration. Um, and just, just some different ways to kind of think about those, how we are all experiencing the world very differently because our senses, um, our brain is processing our sensory experiences differently. Were you tracking Samuel on the intensity, frequency, and duration and how that fits together? I'm curious because I'm kind of wondering, I mean, like we talk about that kind of thing in the mental health field with, you know, what are your symptoms and uh, so how distressed are you or um, how long, how often does that happen and all that kind of context. But I guess I'm, my mind's still trying to make, connect the dots there on, are you just saying, Kristen, that people experience things differently and different levels of that for each person or help me piece together what you are? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just aren't having the same experiences. Like, and I think that that was one of the things growing up where I, it was this in incredible experience where I would say, like, um, I would say something and people would be like, yeah, but I lose my keys too. And, and it's like, no, you don't get it. I lose my keys 18 times a day. Like we, so we thought we were talking about the same thing, but we are not talking about the same thing. And the difference between those two points on the spectrum is intensity, frequency, and duration. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. And even we could probably parallel that too with quarantine as far as everybody's having their own experiences and how gut-wrenching it is, honestly, to think of some people are having this great let me paint my house and organize my closet while other people are completely overwhelmed by um, being frontline workers and at constant risk and exposure or fear of economic failure or loss of loved ones. And there, so everybody, you know, we're all in this together, which is true. There's a storm, but that storm is so different for each person. For some, it might be a drizzle. For some people, it might be a tsunami and everything in between. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that, you know, back to the basics and simplifying things when we're in these moments of crisis or when we're feeling overwhelmed um, is really, really, really important. And it, but that's the, that's the title, that's the category. Um, which basic that you need to start with, maybe you've got food down. Some people don't struggle with that. Like maybe, maybe you just are struggling with organization. And, um, and so like, where you start in that journey is going to be unique. Every single person, right? How, like where they need to start is going to be different. Um, and, and so like, but, but figure out what that starting point is for you. You're probably going to instinctively know what this, what problem that is that you're experiencing is really getting to you. What thing does, do you really just need to clear the cobwebs out of? And then just focus on that, you know, find, find, look at how other people do it and figure out your own way. I think, you know, my, my struggle or my journey with ADHD, 
it's obviously started at birth or something like that. Who knows? But it, it really got special attention after I came back from Pitt. And um, it's been just a crazy journey. And one of the things I will say is it's empowering and it's necessary for like ADHD people in order to kind of like achieve their next step. And I think that self-motivating and finding ways just you're so creative and intuitive and the human race is capable of so many things and um that makes you capable of so many things as well and i just think that being able to achieve those things going down those tracks and even trying to figure my way around problems that other people might not necessarily have like uh losing keys finding creative ways to um like not lose your keys a problem for me was like having enough chargers around the house for my phone so mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. like solutions to that but yep. essentially like um just having that drive of wanting it of just picturing like what would life be like if I didn't just sit around all day mm-hmm. or if I didn't just get distracted mm-hmm. like if I sat down and did something and I actually got it done whenever I said I'd get it done mm-hmm. and once you kind of get to that point of like there is an alternative. There is a way that you can manage what's going on mm-hmm. um, and you can kind of achieve that. I think, mm-hmm. though, that finding a therapist that has an ADHD specialty is a good start if you have the funds available mm-hmm. because they're very knowledgeable and they're able to kind of sit you down and tell you what's going on and you you have the ability to tell somebody about your specific Mm -hmm. situation Mm -hmm. i know sometimes like whenever i'm googling like the different problems i have i'm like yeah but their problem is a little different Mm -hmm. (laughs) so my solution is a little bit different so maybe that can kind of solve some of that but i felt i i didn't need an adhd therapist forever like that Mm -hmm. specialty forever Mm -hmm. but i think it was a good start and a good way to start to process what is going on Mm -hmm. And then helping me discover that internal drive of I really want to get to a point that I can manage myself and that I can put my dreams out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was super well said. And I, I will add just a couple of things. Um, so you mentioned discipline. Um, discipline is I'm so glad you brought that up. That's really ties everything that we've been talking about today together. Because so you're going to go back to the basics, you're going to simplify, you know, start to move things away so you're less overwhelmed. Um, And um, like, so if you decide that, you know, eating an egg sandwich every day is the thing that you're going to do, whatever this thing is, or clean out your closets or whatever, if that's what you decide, when you make that decision, you have to, you have to follow through, you have, and that is going to start building discipline. And so even if you, through that process, you're like, oh, oh, starting with my closets, that was not the thing, that was not right. That was not where I needed to start. I, I need to feed the dog. Like the dog really needs to get fed before I clean the closets. Like whatever the case is, whatever your intuition tells you, uh, I mean, maybe in this example, you should feed the dog. It was a bad, <laughs> Please feed bad your friends. <laughs> Always feed your friends. But, um, but like if when you decide to do something, you do it you start it and you finish it. And, and if you start it and you, you find yourself wandering away to do laundry, you stop and you come back and you finish the, the closet. And if you wander away again and you start watching Netflix, that's fine. It's okay. Be, ni- be kind to yourself. Go back to the closet. And that is going to be a painstaking, difficult process, but I have done it. I, would, I don't tell people to do things I haven't done myself. And if you do it, you will be- build that muscle and it, it will it will add up over time. Um, and the other thing that I just want to say really quick too, is that, you know, these diagnoses, our brains are, don't exist in a box, like ADHD, Asperger's, autism, this kind of stuff. Like these are not boxes. Um, and just because you don't qualify for a diagnosis doesn't mean that an ADHD therapist wouldn't help you. If you feel like you're a circular thinker, and or your parents were or you got people in your life with this or whatever like these people who are trained and these kinds of podcasts that we're doing now like they can be really helpful for you and just because your intensity frequency duration isn't as much as mine you might still really get a lot out of this information 
Um, you know, and at the end of the day, having awareness, right? Getting, getting up those stages of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and getting past survival and getting into being conscious, conscious of, of how our brain works and really how we're thinking, which therefore translates to our behavior is, is part of having, you know, a meaningful life. It's part of how you, you know, do all of that on purpose. So, um, I don't know, just something accomplish, to think about. It, it helps you accomplish everything like you've talked about, you know, like we were talking about how ADHD people and the love of stories. I think that's something that's shared with all humanity, even to say kind of real quick, that spectrum thing that we talk about, like everybody has some percentage of like stimuli regulation. And so we're all on that scale in some way. So we're all a part of this category. But um, I don't know, uh, being able to kind of, uh, I, I lost my train of thought. Crap. So close. You're fine. You're fine. Um, you know, I do think that the losing the train of thought thing is still very interesting to me. I don't really, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of playing around with like how to, you know, how do I walk back? Can Is there a way to walk backwards for a second and like pick that train back up? You know, like, I don't know. I'm just kind of like, what, what is, what is going on there? How can we like come up with a way to, to deal with that? Um, and maybe again, it's just like discipline and practice. I don't know. I, I do really think for those of us who don't have access to uh, funding for a therapist and stuff, starting off with meditation, learning how to meditate is a good way in order to build that muscle. Because whenever you start on the closets and go to Netflix, just being able to remind your brain like, hey, we were supposed to do the closets, not watch The Office. And I know your friend just texted you that the episodes are going off tomorrow. But you've got to like refocus. And I don't think that necessarily like it's still going to be that battle with yourself when you're sitting in front of the TV and you're like, oh, yeah, I was supposed to do the closets. And then you're like, well, I'm really comfy, you know, and being able to picture those goals, being able to creatively talk to yourself and say, ah, here's my problem. Like, how do I find that solution? Like, I'll put it on pause and set a timer for 15 minutes. And I'm going to clean really hard for 15 minutes and watch five minutes of the episode and go back or like, however it is, you know, there's an unlimited ways that we can deal with these problems. But I think meditation is a good place to start because it trains that muscle of like, hey, are you doing what you need to do? Is is this uh, something you need to do? And it practices that refocus and that pullback. I was going to affirm the same thing with mindfulness. That's what it uh, meditation came to mind when you were describing discipline of you get off track and you bring it back, you get off track and you bring it back. And that muscle that is developed that helps your focus and helps you have more stick to itiveness, we'll call it that, um, which is so important because I think relationally, um, living with a household of people with ADHD, one of the things that can take a toll on relationships is if there's no follow through, you know, that we've talked about, this is something that's important and this really matters. And then it feels like it falls on deaf ears. And so I think follow through is a great quality to have and to work on and develop and that it takes practice. And like, as you said, Kristen, that can be really hard in the moment when you're trying to um, build up those muscles for discipline, but that that is an important thing to keep coming back to. Yeah. Oh, I love, I love your comment. I think that's a great segue, maybe something we could talk about next time and how this all starts to bleed into the relationships, especially in our own households. Um, you know, and, um, you know, like if you're in a group, you know, and you got to go back to the basics, go back to the basics, but then be positive, be kind, you know, and focus on that stuff, you know, and just build up together, you know, it, it, it can even be a really like positive experience, um, between yourself and others too. Uh, last time you were talking with us, Kristen, about your book writing and your collaborative ideas for how people can learn. And you were describing some new opportunities for what that might be evolving into now. So can you update us on how we can stay tuned with what you're, putting to words and all the things that you're doing in your work for ADHD? Uh, yeah, so um, the website is going to be thestoryofshapes.com, and that's going to go live pretty soon. Um, and uh, 
it all started with a spoken word poem about some shapes uh, that weren't quite fitting in. And um, that's gonna be, or that is in the process of being turned into an illustrated book. Um, and then the book that I was originally um, thinking about, I, I was like, this doesn't make sense. I, I don't even, I, I, I like a multimedia experience. I want all my senses going. So uh, turning that into a multimedia curriculum experience to learn about this stuff um, is, is where that project is headed. Um, and then, you know, just ideas for how art and design will be incorporated into neurodiversity and all of this stuff. Um, so the story of shapes.com and that's all going to be, you know, at that location, um, pretty soon. Um, okay. All right. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel pretty good. Um, should we do the gratitude thing? Yeah. Heck yeah. Aww, See, Kristen, I love that you brought it up. Yeah, yeah, Kristen <laughs> like, remembers. I know, that's so cool. Like, oh yeah, we gotta do our gratitude thing. Cool, yeah, let's yeah, let's talk about gratitude. I am so grateful for um this technology. It's so cool. Like we kind of get an opportunity to look back, you know, probably around a year ago, or maybe a little bit sooner than that, but where we were, like you had to take a whole plane ride over here. And now we're able to do this um, all virtually. It's pretty cool. Kind of cool that I had no idea how to edit episodes before we started Community Roots. And now we're doing this virtual three-channel thing. So um, anyway, I would say, like, I'm grateful for the setup that we have. And <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, we should define for the people because they are only catching the audio version if uh, we want to make Patreon material of the video version. Kristen just held up a sign that said, this is so cool. <laughs> it was fun. It was very sweet. Um, so I guess, um, yeah, this is so cool. Like I, I'm so grateful that, that you guys are doing this. Like you are part of this community yourself and you're talking about things that matter and, and getting this information out to people. And I'm so grateful to like this, this conversation was awesome. Um, I had so much fun and I thoroughly enjoyed narrating um, Samuel's uh, in the moment cleaning bug disaster. Bug disaster. <laughs> that was like, that was the best part of my week. Um, and, and I, and the, and the other thing I'll just say too, is like, if you're listening to this, like there are so many strengths to this brain type, you've been taught to, to focus on the, the pitfalls and the negative parts. Um, but just like start implementing these little changes and like, you know, we're going to get this information out to people about how to leverage this as a strength because it's such a huge strength. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. With ADHD, I see it as like, instead of a diagnosis, it's more of like Hagrid coming over to you and telling you you're a wizard. Like, Harry, you're a wizard. It's like, oh, you got ADHD. It's like, oh, sweet. Cool. It's like, yeah, but you kind of have to learn how to use it. And it's like, oh, no problem. Oh, my goodness, Samuel. <laughs> you guys are going to have to hang on for one minute because I got a joke. Um, <laughs> so so I have this joke, and I, I don't really know the delivery just yet, but we'll just wing it. Um, so you know how, like, when you're walking around, you got your glass of water, and you're, like, thinking about stuff, and you're like, oh, my God, there's ants. And, like, all of a sudden, you made that glass of water disappear is gone and you have no idea where it's at in your house but here's the thing we are all wizards and if you bother to uh implement the spot method in your life and you put these routines of my glass of water always goes in this spot you can make your glass of water reappear because you put it in the same spot every time where's my glass of water i automatically set it down in its spot and guess what it's right there I, that's like not the right delivery for that joke, but I am learning humor online. I'm taking classes. <laughs> <laughs> you have to laugh. It's, it's science. Uh, and it's a good, good technique there. The spot technique. I like that. That's helpful. Having your spot for where things go, get things back in their little home of where they should be. You'll always know where they are. And when you put all your stuff, when everything you own, almost everything you own has a spot. It is incredible. Just don't make it the same spot. 
that could, that could it just be a turns bit into much, a but... pile. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to share my gratitude is laughter and encouragement with each other. Just that sense of community. Kristen, it's so great to have you on our show today. Again, welcome you back and we'll continue the conversation going. It's just life-giving to be with people and to hear hearts and to inspire each other, encourage each other. Like, man, that's just life-giving stuff. I am so grateful for. So thankful. Thanks everyone for joining us. We will see you next week with our regular scheduled community roots. And thanks so much for joining us today. 